Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You all know that I love finding local business owners, really business owners from around the country, that are willing to share not how they figured it out, how they got it all the answers figured out on how to incorporate their faith in the workplace, but that they're willing to share what they are doing. And about three years ago, I heard about Bill Wolf from Midway Services right here in Tampa Bay. And I heard about his reputation. I heard that he was a Christ follower. I heard that he was a solid business guy. I heard that he had a very consistent reputation in the business world. And for three years, I've been trying to get in front of Bill Wolf. But somehow, I was successful in doing that. Bill Wolf, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you having me on today. Well, I'm just excited for people to hear your story because people see your trucks all over the place and they just, you know, people need to know, hey, this is being run from a guy that's kingdom minded. Right. So talk about, start off with how is Jesus Christ making an impact in your life today? Today. You know, I, I tell you, that is the one thing that I try to do on a consistent basis, especially with the, the beginning of the year, try to, you know, really kind of map out the plan for 2016. What can I do to affect those that are around me? What can I do to, you know, again, as a Christ follower, affect the world that I'm living in? And it's it's something that we've got to live out on a day-to-day basis. We're not going to make the big impact unless we work on a day-to-day basis, making sure we're reading the Word, praying, being prepared for our day ahead of us. And as circumstances come up before us that could cause us to get really whacked out, really bent out of shape— if we prepare our hearts to begin with, 
Hopefully, we're going to get the wisdom of the Lord throughout that day, throughout the circumstances that are coming up. And when we get pressured to feel like we have to give an answer, slow it down a little bit. Sense that the Holy Spirit in you is giving you the right response to those around you. You know, every day you operate in an environment with a lot of employees. You said almost 250 employees, which means you're impacting the lives of 250 families. You know, however big those families may be. And some of them are probably monstrously large. How big is that responsibility as you think about that every day? It's huge. I mean, going back to 2009, 2010, when we had a big crunch in the economy, we were at 386. And we went all the way down to about 97 employees. So sitting in a conference room and letting someone go that you're letting a family go is heart-wrenching. And, and I think any time you have to let someone go because of the economy or whatever, you've got to be prayed up about it. You've got to be really sensitive and having the mind of the Lord so that you can let them go in a dignified way and make sure that you're honoring them when you do that. And I think anybody who lets someone go because of the economy and doesn't take it very seriously, that doesn't betray Christ. I mean, how would Jesus act and how would Jesus handle that situation? And I think that's the thing that has to govern each and every one of us. Do we all get it right? Absolutely not. But, you know, every day, it's a fresh day. It's a fresh start. God, help show me today what I can do to impact the world around me, even through difficult situations, Jim. So, Bill, as you shared how Christ made a difference in your life today, and you talked about that heart-wrenching, going from 386 to 96, I think is what you said, employees, that was a difficult time. I can't even imagine. You've now grown the business back, and the economy is picking up. It's better today than it certainly was in 2010. But talk to me about how did you first get introduced to Christ? Yes, absolutely. Uh, actually, I was doing plumbing for my dad, and uh, I was in the on the drug scene. And uh, one of the guys that I was working with was, uh, was actually drinking on the job, and uh, I was managing him, and I said, hey, I'm going to have to let you go for this drinking. And he says, well, I know you smoke dope. You're, 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 a, doper. you're a doper, so I'm going to share that with your dad if, you know, if, that's the, if you're going to kind of come on my case about my drinking. So really what I did is I stopped taking drugs for about a month, Jim, and during that time, God got a hold of me. And one of the guys that I was working with, he, he was born and raised in the same background, born and raised as a Catholic altar boy, you know, and, and God had done some miraculous things in his life. Well, during this time, while I stopped doing drugs to get cleaned up so I could go ahead and let, let this guy go, and then I was going to go back to my same habits, God got a hold of me, started reading the Word of God, and he miraculously changed me, he showed me that if I was going to continue to go down this road, I would end up in hell. And he had another plan for me. And I recognized that the friends that I had that were hanging out with me were only hanging out with me for a good time. And uh, God just miraculously turned my life upside down, and that was in February of 1980. So it was an awesome time in my life. And, uh, you know, since then, I've been on this road, you know, up until today of God continually changing me and, and bringing me to the position that he wants me to be in. And that is submitting along the way. And many times we don't submit along the way, and he'll just bring us around the mountain until we're ready, willing, and able to submit so that he can uh, continue to do the transforming power within our lives. I think we're all on this journey. We are all on journey. When you say 
going around the mountain. You're saying, okay, he brought you to the mountain one time. He's asking you to climb it. And you walked away and he's like, nope, you still have this thing to face again. Absolutely. And I talked to a lot of Christ followers about that. So listen, if you don't deal with the issue that is in front of you right now, you can run off to where you think the grass is greener. Right. But God's going to have you go through the exact same thing wherever you go. Absolutely. Because it's something you need to learn. That's correct. That was a tough thing for me to learn because I kept thinking, well, <laughs> well, I kept thinking, I grew up in Minnesota, so I understand this concept way better. And I'm going to teach you, a plumber, something today. Why is the grass always greener on the other side of the fence? That is, you know, that, that is the enemy causing us to look another way. And if we focus on Christ, if we continue to keep our eyes on him and don't turn to the left or to the right and recognize that if we read the end of the book, right, read Revelation, read the end of the story, recognize that all of the distractions that will happen in our lives between where we're at today and where he wants us to be, the more we become focused on him, the more we'll be able to live in a life that we're living in victory. That doesn't mean things are going to always be easy. But it, what it will do is he's always for us no matter what. All right. But I'm going to take it deeper on you. I'm going to go deeper on you. Okay. Because I love the analogy. And as a plumber, and as you own a plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical company, why is the grass always greener on the other side? Because it always looks greener wherever you're going to go. Because there's a leaky septic tank. True. And so you don't know this. You know, see, you got that now. You never thought about that before. The grass is always, and I grew up in Minnesota where there's septic tanks everywhere. And, and the grass is always greener because there's because there's just as much disgusting stuff going on over there. And it's leaking out. But you don't know that until you go over there and you step on top of it. And you're like, oh, that's gross. But that you is. don't know until you're there. Who You've already jumped over the fence and you're like, you're like, oh, that's what life is like. How many of us have taken that jump because we like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go over there. It looks better over there. And we get there and we go, and we're like, oh no, I just did exactly the same thing to me as I did before. That's a lesson. It's a hard lesson for some people to learn. That is correct. And I've just drawn a graphic image in your mind and I hope that you can use that now with all the people in your plumbing crew. There you go. Thank you that so was much. Free. That was free. Everything's free. And that's from a guy who's never done any plumbing. Uh, well, except for fixing it, you know, underneath my sink. All right. So you've been, your Midway Service has been around for a long time. It was your dad's business back since 1952, was it? 57. 57. So when did you, how old were you when you started working alongside your dad? Probably 13, 14. Worked with him for a couple of years. Didn't want to be a plumber. Quit. Walked home. Came back when I was 18, when I was hungry, needed a job. And he put me on, put put me to work at that time. And then back in about 1985 or so, uh, my wife and I, Gail and, my, and, and myself, were over visiting my folks on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, we had already started a smaller company called Reliable Plumbing at the time, and we needed a warehouse, and my mom and dad were looking to possibly retire. So we ended up talking to them and ended up striking a deal to where he could go home and retire. We would take over the company. So in 1985, we ended up buying the company. And uh, he ended up retiring. So you got trained up under your dad. I did. And then went out and competed with him? I did. <laughs> so, but that was before you met Christ. You started the business before you met Christ. So how did that go down? That was probably a little tough. Well, it was, uh, I think it's just like anything else. Um, I, I ended up getting saved 1980, so I was in business as a Christian. And I think as a Christian, you've got to do the right thing. So, for instance, when we knew there was a client that my dad had, I made sure I did not go to that individual. In fact, if they called me, I would refer it back to my father. 
And I think that, you know, as business people, when we when we really get struggled and we get pushed to the limit of whether we can get the income that we need, sometimes we cross that line. And I think it's so important for us to define a line in our lives and say, I'm not going to cross this no matter what. And and it's very important to respect the people that you're that are your uh, partners in that type of business. You know, whether that's a printing business or a plumbing business or a contracting business, make sure you have people that you know and respect them and don't cross the line and take a customer. It's not worth it. For that particular customer, you're going to hurt the integrity of yourself between yourself and your father or yourself and a friend. So it's very important to walk with integrity on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes that can be very difficult, Jim. Talk to me about some of those difficult times because that's, you know, you're, because obviously you need new customers. Sure. So it's not like you're going to walk away from a customer because he's with a, they've gone to a competitor, but how do you choose which competitors you don't trample on or take their customers? That's the wrong word. Trample is the wrong word. Um, where you don't take their customers versus ones that you do. I mean, I mean, how do you, because obviously there's plenty enough business. There's a lot of business out there and there's a lot of people doing business and there's guys that are unlicensed, uninsured, that those aren't really your competition, but people that are quality licensed, insured and bonded people like you guys, how do you, how do you deal with that competition factor and still grow? Well, I think the name of the game for is, is to advertise the right way, do the right thing. And again, what we typically will do is as we're even in, in, you know, hiring employees, the, the objective is treat others the way you want to be treated. If you wouldn't sell it to your own mother, Okay, then don't sell it to this customer, and and you and and you're going to slip, you're going to mess up from time to time, but that should be the driving factor that on all of your decisions. Will you get it right all the time? You absolutely won't. But if you constantly face the issues that are going wrong, and you face up to whatever those are, return those phone calls and get those things corrected. That's the that's the way to work and, and walk in integrity. None of us are perfect, you know, except for Christ, right? So we're going to make mistakes. So you face those mistakes and you you admit to them and then you move on when you make them. I think at the end of the day, if you know that you've got a client and you know that you've got a friend and it's a relationship that you've got with your friend, always make sure your friend's relationship rides over someone else who's going to give you a buck. And I think that's the thing that kind of drives me in the sense that, I, you know, if if I'm advertising and they come in from a different vehicle or a different, you know, venue, that's not a problem. That's just the free marketplace. Sure. But if I know that they're, they know me through someone else, then I'm going to be very careful not to step on my, my buddy, if you would. Sure. Or a rela- business relationship in order to get a dollar out of the deal. You know, I like one of the biggest things you said in, in gaining those customers and keeping those customers, returning phone calls. I don't know what it is, but perhaps it could be the Florida plague. But people don't return phone calls. You can call seven plumbers and nobody calls you back. But not at Midway Services. I called your place at 4 o'clock in the morning. Somebody answered the phone. We're talking with Bill Wolf from Midway Services. He is from Pinellas County. Grew up here. Now, Bill, I didn't think anybody was from here. I am. So were your folks from here when they moved down here? They moved from New York, and uh, my dad actually had a plumbing company in New York, moved to Florida, relocated here. I've got uh, three older, actually, I've got four older brothers and sisters, and I've got three younger. There's eight of us. Wow. So I was the first one of the family born in Florida. 
born so. in Florida. I, I was joking with Bill off, off the air. No, I won't say what I said. But the fact that he returns phone calls and his people return phone calls. Let me just tell you a story about Midway Services. And no, this is we're not here to advertise them. But let me tell you why I knew that I wanted to have the owner of Midway Services on. Martha and I came back from a vacation four years ago in the middle of the night. It was almost five years ago. And the air conditioner was busted. And I'm looking online to find somebody that can come out and fix this air conditioner because it was 87 degrees in our house. It was in the middle of July. And nobody's answering the phones. And I'm calling somebody. And, and I, it was in the middle of the night. And I'm looking up on a, on a website. And it says, hey, call Midway Services. And so I called Midway Services. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, a lady answered the phone. I'm like, ma'am, what are you what are you doing? She goes, well, I'm on call. I'm like, but you sound like you were sleeping. I, I was, but I'm here to answer the phone. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I was just going to leave a message. But Bill's got people answering the phone in the middle of the night. And if I had said it was an emergency, they'd have sent somebody out. But it wasn't that big of an emergency. You can always live three or four hours without air conditioning in Florida. But Bill, that made, when I saw that, I realized... He's got a company where people do what they say they're going to do. Absolutely. And, and the fact that return phone calls, we joked about that off the air, but let, I don't know what it is in Florida, but you can leave phone calls for vendors of any type and people rarely call you back. And, and that's how you get customers. Absolutely. You, you call people back. It's, an, it's a novel idea. So you grew up in Pinellas County and you still, you know, you're, you're well behaved. You, you came to Christ in 1980. I, I love that. Because that was just, you came to Christ six months after I came to Christ. I, I love that. You and your wife settled down. You and Gail have been married how many years? 35 years this past December. 35 years. Congratulations. That's that's the kind of thing we want to celebrate on our work for him because there's a lot of business, small business owners that sacrifice their marriages and their kids for the business. Absolutely. But you didn't. Well, it's a balancing act. There's no doubt about it. I, I would say that if you probably talk to some of my kids, they've maybe felt a little shortchanged, obviously. You know, business uh, takes a lot uh, out of you. And it is a it is a challenge balancing the priorities of life. And sometimes you get it right, and sometimes you don't get it so right. And that's okay. Is Gail good at calling you out and saying, hey, you're not getting it right? She does a pretty good job. I would say that, you know, after 35 years, she knows what buttons to, to push to get me to uh, <laughs> sure. kind of line up with what it takes to keep the priorities of the family household in order. So what's been the biggest struggle for you guys as a married couple? 35 years, you've been running the business for 30 of those years. You know, you you started with a, your, I don't know how big your business was, but when you merged with your dad and combined all that, how many employees did you have right away at that point? In Probably time? about 18. I think I had about nine or 10, and then he had about eight or nine. So, so all of a sudden, you doubled in... the size of your company. Yes. You'd only been married five years. You, you, you accomplished all this. What's been the biggest struggle for your marriage in running this business? Is your wife involved in the business? She, she has been involved in the business, and uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, in the, in the last probably 30 years or 25 years or something like that, uh, she did help out for the first few years, but realizing that, you know, when you're raising a family, I've got six kids. So she's, she was pregnant a number of years during our marriage and, uh, it's difficult to, you know, be raising kids and be in the, be involved in the business. So when we took over my dad's company and bought it in 1985, uh, she stayed. She became a stay-at-home mom, and then she did homeschooling with our kids for the last 17 years. So uh, she's been a real trooper and has always been a solid support for me and has been one of my biggest cheerleaders. 
So what has been that biggest thing that you guys have had to address in running a business? Because it's very easy as a guy to work nonstop, night and day, uh, because work really turns us on. We really like to work. What has been that biggest thing you guys have had to kind of work through, almost sludge through to, to, to make it so that your marriage has lasted? Well, again, you know, as a Christ follower, we certainly have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and directing us. And not that any marriage is an easy task, right? That's for sure. I mean, you, you, you have differences of opinion and things are, are done differently. You know, when you value your values sometimes can kind of get a little mixed up. So I think as a, as a man or woman of God running a business, the key factor, although it's very important to be involved with your spouse and, and listening to what they've got to say, because as, as it is, you know, the word tells us, you know, we are sharpened by those around us, right? And the spouse that God put each of us with, really, if you look at it, you're realizing how important of a role they play. I can't imagine me being a single guy running a business. I would run amok. All right. So she brings that balance in. And then, of course, being a Christ follower, you we want to make sure that we're praying and we're making sure the Holy Spirit's leading us so that if she says something that offends me or, or if your spouse says something that offends you, be prayerful about that and recognize he has put them in your life to speak into your life so that you can get things back on track. So I would say, you know, in a husband-wife relationship, that's a very, very important thing to not think that you're going to kind of run it out on your own to make sure that you listen to them. And I didn't always get that right, but the more that I listen to her, the really the better things go in general. <laughs> I love that. Every man listening out there, what Bill just said, the secret to success in life. If you've got a wife, listen to her. Shut up. And listen, because God speaks to our to our wives, and they listen better than we do. And if we, so if God, if you've got a spouse, you need to listen to your wife. All right, we're talking today with Bill Wolf from Midway Services. Bill, as you grew up here in Pinellas County, I just want to know. We're going to ask a question that everybody wants to know. So you've lived in Pinellas County. You said, well, your whole life. So you're somewhere in your fifties. Was Elmerton under construction when you moved here? <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I Quite honestly, I don't remember. I was living in St. Pete for the first 13 years of my life, but it probably was. As long as you remember, has that road been under construction? Just about. Unbelievable. And you saw the news today. And I know for those of you listening around the country, we've got this road in Pinellas County, which is a major county in Tampa Bay that's been under construction. We've been visiting. I've been part of Pinellas County since 1992. That road's been under construction since 1992. It's literally a three-lane road on both sides. Now, they've been working on the latest version of this road for four years. They paid $19 million, and the contractor walks away yesterday with the project unfinished. I drive that road every day from end to end. It just I was going to give me a cardiac arrest. I, I don't know. Can, can, can't you buy a... I don't know, like a contracting firm and finish the road, Bill. That'd be just great. Bill, as you stated, you and Gail were married 35 years. You bought your dad's business, kind of merged your business with your dad's in 1985. So 30 years ago, your business doubled, but you you had a, well, at that point in time, you didn't have six kids that I'm sure of, but you, so your wife's having a lot of kids. You're growing a business that has now got almost 250 employees. How, how did you learn to start incorporating your faith into the workplace? I mean, did somebody teach you or, did, I mean, did you say, I mean, how did you do it? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's uh, great pastors all the way through life, right? 
and taking the Word of God and applying it on a on a daily basis, and it's incremental uh, adjustments. You know, you don't become a, a you know a, a uh, an athlete overnight. You don't become someone who wins the Olympics overnight. It's incrementally applying what we learn, and and you look back over your shoulder and say, "By the grace of God, I am what I am." only by his grace, only by his gifts, but it's those small decisions that we make every day. And each of those small decisions accumulate to the right decisions and to God's blessing. I mean, the reality is, is we've all gone through very difficult times. There were times in my life that I didn't know if the business would make it another year, but by his grace, by taking it a day at a time and saying, God, I trust you. I mean, there were days where I would literally get up through especially through 2009 and 2010 Mm. where i was literally saying throughout the day i probably said it 250 times jim god i trust you god i trust you just you know under my breath recognizing that you're up and you're pressed against some of the most difficult decisions that you'll ever make financially and so forth so you know the reality is it's only by his grace right at the end of the day you know, anything that we have, it's not anything that, you know, I'm going to do of myself. It's only by his grace and treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, I think at the end of the day, what we've done for uh, adjusting our business model, which we did plumbing only, and then we had customers that said, hey, you guys do a good job on the plumbing. Do you do electrical or can you refer us to an electrician? Can you refer us to an HVAC guy? So what we did is we took that and we parlayed what we had, our relationships that we already had, and we started building on those relationships and offering your customer some other items within your portfolio that you can do. And sometimes that does cause you to stretch, and sometimes you wonder whether you're making the right decision when, you know, there's a lot of money going out and not so much coming in. But eventually, you know, that model, at least in our industry, has kind of come back around. You know, there's a there for those companies that are servicing residential homes. It's not that much more difficult to go ahead and add on the additional services. It means a lot when a guy's willing to put his face on the back of every truck. I yeah. never thought about it. I'm sitting here looking at you, going, "It's your face in the back of that truck, isn't it? You're back. You're kneeling down in the back of that truck. Your trucks. I've seen it. That's funny. Sorry, I, I just distracted myself. But I'm looking at Bill as he's sharing that. I'm going, oh. He really puts his money where his mouth is because he's got his face in the back of every truck. It, it just you gotta look for it. Look for Bill Wolf in the back of your local Midway Services truck nearby you. So you, what does it look like? I mean, especially during the the when the economic downturn. You, you said you're saying it. God, I trust you 250 times during the day, and and I love that. But how does it look practically in the workplace? I mean, do you get opportunities? I mean, how many managers, people do you have underneath you that are helping manage your workforce of 250 people? Oh, there's, you know, what we've got is we've got different divisions within the company. Sure. We've got managers of those divisions, and then we've got supervisors underneath those. So we, we you know, we do a number of different things within our company. We actually have a, a multifamily operation. So we do multifamily work in apartment complexes in, in different states. And we do uh, water sub-metering. And then we do the the basic business model in the Tampa Bay area is doing service for plumbing, electrical, air conditioning, and then remodeling kitchens and baths. But uh, as, as we've had opportunities to grow and someone would come to you and ask you to do something that's a little bit out of your element, right? And you look at a way, you think of a way, if it's a great relationship with them, to stretch your business and to stretch your business model. And that's what we've done. We've tried to not say no to too many people 
about things that they need to have accomplished when the opportunity is right. And that's how you can grow a business and do other things, obviously with prayer and making sure that you're making good business sound, you know, good sound business decisions and do the right thing every day. If you can, I mean, you've, you, you know, we're going to get it wrong from time to time, but you know, the, the name of the game for us in our relationship with Christ is have a heart towards the Lord, be willing to commit to, you know, ask for forgiveness and turn around and change and, and allow God to do some stuff that's really cool in our lives. The only way we can do that is we've got to put our trust in him and quit trusting the guy or the gal in the mirror. So how do you pass those words of wisdom on to the guys that are running the divisions that you've got and, and the people that they manage and so on and so on? How do you intentionally equip your leaders? Again, uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. Not everyone that works for us is a, is a Christ follower. So we got a mission field. It is a mission field. And I think that the way that uh, we exercise and, and work ourselves around, around the office place is very important. Do I get it right? Absolutely not. But what you want to do is you want to do the best with the decisions that you've got make. And again, j- just the, the simplest biblical uh, method is treat others the way that you want to be treated, be willing to face up to the mistakes, don't accept uh, any false information from your managers. If they're if they're telling you something that isn't, uh, that isn't correct, make sure that we hold them accountable to be honest with one another and then forgive them when they make a mistake. I'd rather have someone tell me they've made a mistake and tell me the truth than someone who's going to tell me something that's untrue who's who can be who can make me successful that doesn't help us and we've got to recognize it and those are the decisions that you make on a daily basis that says i'm willing to compromise my faith because i can make an extra dollar or two here that's a very that's it's very challenging for a business owner especially when you're fighting to to make the payroll and you're fighting to make the right decisions but we have to make sure that the biblical standards are in our heart and we're operating with them on a day-to-day basis. If you ever had an opportunity to to sit one-on-one with an employee that you've got, you got a big lot of them to actually share your testimony. I have. What's that like for you? It it's a it's an exciting opportunity when especially when you see someone that's uh, going through a difficult time and you're able to share that, you know, Christ in me has helped me get over some of the obstacles that you're dealing with right now. Yeah, it's great if people can learn from our mistakes instead of having to make them on their own. You know, you've you you've got six kids. You got any of them following in your footsteps? Any of them involved in the business? There's a few of them follow and, that are in the business. And, and is there a perpetuation plan there? Uh, you know, there we're we're working on a few things. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's it's always you know. What I talk to small business owners, it's great to have your kids work for you, but they need to go work somewhere else and then come back. Because then you learn to appreciate a lot more. Is that kind of the pathway your kids have taken or not? Some have. Absolutely. We're talking today with Bill Wolf from Midway Services. And and just asking Bill to share his testimony. And what's it like? How how is he incorporating his faith into everything that he's doing? Now, Bill, you're involved in a local small church, Gulf Coast. It's Gulf Coast Community, isn't it? Gulf Coast Church. Gulf Coast Church. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'll get it right sometime tomorrow. Gulf Coast Church right there in Largo. How have you been an encouragement to the other business people in your church as you live out your faith in that in that church community? 
Well, um, I've been on the church board there, so when uh, there's board meetings and so forth, I'm able to hopefully use a lot of my business, uh, um, you know, experiences to be able to share that with the church and the church body through that board. And, you know, that always is very helpful for any board. I would recommend that any business owner that has, uh, that has got the ability to step up and be a board member within a church body, I think that if you're running a successful business, and that doesn't mean you get it all right, again, as I've mentioned earlier, but anytime you can get involved and you can help out, whether that is helping in a missions field or helping on a church board, that is one of the best things that you can do because we've got to live a life, Jim, that's outside of ourselves. It's not about the person in the mirror. It's about how do I affect my wife, my kids, my community, my church body, the mission field. How do I affect that? When you look at the business field, you, you've played, been playing in the Pinellas County business field for a lot of years. You've met a lot of Christian business people out there, some who have lived doing what they say they're going to do, and some of them were really struggling with that. What's some words of wisdom you'd like to lay out there for people that maybe could encourage people to uh, it just how to incorporate their faith into what they're doing? What, what's, what are some things you could do to help a business owner who really wants to be kingdom-minded and maybe it's still just figuring it out. Okay. The, the way to do it is, Jim, is to, to live it out on a daily basis. There, there, there is no, you know, silver bullet, as they say. Living it out daily, making sure that you've got what you feel like is the heart of the Lord, and, and trying to let that drive our decisions on a daily basis. There's, there's days that we get it wrong. Every one of us do. But at the end of the day, do we have a heart for the Lord? Do we have a heart for the kingdom? And am I working towards allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and direct me? And, you know, uh, you look at the talents and, and the gifts of talents in the scriptures. And until I learn the first steps, God's not going to give me and open up opportunities for the second steps. So it is a daily practical working relationship between you and the Lord and what you feel like the Holy Spirit's doing in you to direct you on a daily basis. And you're never going to get to step 10 until you walk through step one and step two and step three. And anybody who's going to get you from step one to step 10, you can't miss those very important steps so that you can be trusted with the opportunity and you and you can be found to be uh, trustworthy for the talents that God's given us. Uh, that's I love that that you got to take the first step first and learn it. Second step because if you jump ahead, you're most of the time cutting your leg off to spite your face. Absolutely, I mean, because you're going to learn that lesson one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it, and I don't know. I mean, I've skipped steps before. Absolutely, <laughs> and you're like, ooh, yeah, ooh, I wish I hadn't done that. Absolutely. So, have you guys been involved at Gulf Coast Church for a long time? We've been involved for 19 years. So that's quite a while. And so you've seen that part of the community grow. How do you, does does Gulf Coast do a good job equipping you as a Christ follower in the workplace, helping you know, hey, that's your mission field? I think they do. I think at the end of the day, you know, most pastors really have a heart for obviously kingdom and kingdom building. And I think as an owner or an operator of a business, and you don't need to be an owner, you can be a manager, you can be in leadership. If, if we're listening to the Word of God and we're applying that throughout our lives, it's going to spill over in our lives. 
we, you know, for us to be a Christ follower and to do it on Sunday and not do it on Monday and Tuesday, you know, we've got to live this life. We've got to live this life on a, on a day-to-day basis when no one else is looking, Jim. It, it's it's when no one else is looking that really builds the character within us. That's for sure. All right, we're talking with Bill Wolf, CEO, President of Midway Services. You can find out more about them online at Midway Services, I-N-C, MidwayServicesInc.com. He's been the owner, the leader, the chief bottle washer, and probably head plumber at one point in time for 35 years. And we've just been talking about his testimony. How has his faith impacted in his every part of his life? Being married for 35 years, having six kids, running a business that's got 250 families that it's almost 250 families that it supports. Bill, what's one thing you want to make sure that you share about the, maybe the trials that you've gone through as a business owner? Well, uh, Jim, the last night we were in a Bible study, and one of the things that we brought up was in Peter it talks about. Not to despise the trials that we have. You know, in America, it's all about this prosperity message that we've got, right? And, you know, granted, all of us want good things to happen to us and our families and to and to set up a legacy. But the reality is we can't forget that as we go through difficult times, we need to make sure that we're glorifying God and making sure that we recognize that we want to learn the lesson that we're going through. Like I talked about earlier, I don't want to go through around that mountain again, right? So I want to listen to what the Holy Spirit's doing in me. And when difficult times come, I want to glorify God in that too. Because we we go through seasons of life. Some of them are not so good of seasons, and some of them are wonderful seasons. Can we embrace them? Kind of like Paul said, he says, he knows how to be abased and he knew how to abound. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges, especially as a business owner, because we want to ride the wave, Right. But when it's difficult and when there's a little bit of an undertow, what are we doing? We want to go ahead and trust God at that time, too, and glorify God in that. I'm going to leave those words. Those are final, Those are great words because the upside of adversity is that God never wastes an experience in our lives. And he wants he uses adversity to shape us from who we are to who he can use. And Bill Wolf said it perfectly. Bill Wolf with Midway Services, thanks so much for being an eye work for him. Thanks, Jim. Hey, as you come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in today. Hope something we said today inspired you to take your faith to a deeper level in your workplace and to recognize, hey, we don't all start off rich and famous, that God often brings us down a slow path. Otherwise, it'll mess up our life. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews. He did a great job today, didn't he? Someday, somebody should just call him and say, hey, she's doing a great job. When you get home today, consider joining the I Work For Him nation. Because you know what? If we're going to take this city, we got to start praying for our coworkers and employees. You know, we learned today that our faith can impact our workplace just by doing what we say we're going to do. Just by living a life of integrity gets us a good start, gives us an opportunity, a platform to share the difference that's going on in our lives. As Bill and I shared, you know, if your life's been impacted by Jesus Christ, your life's never going to be the same again. And everything about you should be changing. 
And it's those changes that give us an opportunity. As Bill shared, his walk away from drugs allowed him to hear Christ and God reaching out to him and God rescued him. And, and, and when our lives are radically changed by Christ, we've got an opportunity to share what Christ has done for us. People can argue with you all day long about religion, but when you start sharing how Christ made an impact on your life, nobody can refute that because you know the truth and the truth has set you free. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, you know what? I work for him. So let's take this city.